Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey's Green Room Live post game. <clears throat> My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Can't lose them all, fam. Uh, they're going to win every now and then. It's annoying. Uh, it's not annoying to see Owen Tippett score, Noah Kate score. Uh, it, what annoys me is what I also liked about the game. Um, we saw them not go into a shell in the third period, I think with even like a minute left. Jim Jackson noted, oh, hey, you know, they've applied the pressure here in the third period. They didn't just sit back. And that's something we've been dying to see this team do for a few years now. You know, they have a lead third period and they don't sit on it. They attempted to, you know, keep applying pressure. They had a few chances early in the third. They start the third with that uh, power play. They get another one. JVR keeps his feet moving in the offensive zone to draw a penalty. And it's just, it's good signs. It's, I like the fact that they haven't quit. Uh, I want to see them lose, but I don't want to see them quit, you know, especially with the number of young guys that are in the lineup now. Uh, getting a chance, Ronnie Adder, Noah Cates, Owen Tippett, all these guys, uh, you know, fighting fighting for a potential spot uh, in the lineup next year. And listen, plenty of guys fighting for a spot uh, who aren't young, uh, fighting, you know, either for a, a chance next season with another team or to be a part of what is going to be, we believe, an aggressive retool in the offseason. So, you know, some some positive signs here, even though I'd prefer to see them lose. I'd, pre- I'd prefer to see them, you know, pick up zero standings points from here till the end of the season. But they're going to lose plenty of games from now till then. Uh, it's just like the good is also the bad. You know, when I've been saying for how long losses are wins, shit, since like December or January, I've been saying that losses are wins. And so when you see something like, oh, yeah, man. They're they're keeping pressure up. The young guys contributing. Uh, the defense isn't just sitting back. They're actually being aggressive, physical. They're forcing turnovers. They're getting in on the forecheck to force turnovers. Something they were so good at that first year under under Elaine Vigneault. Not just the initial forecheck, but that second wave when it looks like uh, you know the other team's going to be able to break the puck out and they force a turnover uh, midway or high in the offensive zone uh, to get more chances. It's good signs. You want to see it, and you hope something carries over to next year. But it's also like, ugh, couldn't you have shown me this a long time ago? But it's hard to nitpick. Uh, it is a shame this team cannot top the uh, what the 06-07 team. This is 23 wins now, so they are they will not be able to at least match the uh, uh, the record met by uh, that that team. Uh, accumulated, I guess, the worst record through an 82-game season in franchise history. Um, uh, Something I wanted to throw out before we start taking calls, Bobby Brink, Flyers prospect, uh, University of Denver star, gets the game-winning assist to send his team to the national championship. Brink uh, factors into the future here. We don't know exactly you know, is he going to be a star? I would say probably not, but he could definitely be a key contributor for this team. However, as we've said over and over, this is going to be an aggressive retool offseason. You know, for whatever you think about that, that's going to be their plan. And if that is the plan, considering how little cap space this team has and considering how few assets this team has, perhaps Bobby Brink is a player other teams would covet. How untouchable is Bobby Brink to you? Uh, this off season. So we're going to get to whatever you want to talk about, but I want to throw that out to anyone who wants to uh, chime in, get your uh, get your two cents in. Let's lead things off with Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the post game. Uh, hey, Bill, how are you? Harris, how was it live? Um, it was good. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath. I sped walk back to my apartment. Like I said, it's a good time to walk. Um, so things I noticed from actually being there. Um, First couple minutes, like um, things being felt out by both teams. Then the rest of the first and the beginning part of the second, I think Columbus controlled m- most of the chances. Um, obviously got the shorthanded goal from Robinson. Jones made some nice saves. I, I Then the Flyers in the um, second half of the second started to get going. Obviously, Connaughton with a goal. Um, and then that Kate's tippet line looked really good for the rest of the game. And in the third period, the Flyers – did a really good job of cycling, limiting uh, Columbus possession time, limiting Columbus chances. And outside of line eight, no one on Columbus looked very good. Yeah, they just 
And Line's had his chances against the Flyers the last couple nights. Hasn't really put anything up on the board, but the job they did defensively, like they actually looked, the Flyers looked like a, a structured team that had a plan, executed it, and now it's not like, you know, Columbus isn't, exact, isn't exactly very good. Uh, and, you know, they have a goalie who's gassed. They're playing him in every game, and I think you could see that a little, like that TK goal at the end and some of the bounces in the middle of the game. But uh, it's it's cool to see this team be able to, like, have a plan, execute it, and see it work, even though it's against, you know, these mediocre teams that ultimately you're supposed to be able to beat these teams. You're not supposed to lose all three of your games to Columbus in a season, regardless of who you are. And um, this is kind of the game where you're comparing middle sixes on both teams. Like, I think each top line, like, they're fine, whatever. The fourth line for each team, whatever. It's the second and third line for both teams, and that's where I think the Flyers really controlled the the whole second half of the game, and that's where they kind of won, and they were just better on the cycle. They um, pinned Columbus down a lot in the second half of the game, um, and that's a positive there. Uh, In terms of Bobby Brink, just from – knowing the player somewhat watching highlights. It's interesting. Like he, his first two years at Denver were good, but unspectacular in his third year, obviously he's popped off and he's a bit older, but like, it's still very good to see that progression. His skating stride is weird um, where he doesn't get a lot of uh, power off it on like the first couple steps. But then like after that, he looks fine with Bobby Brink. I could see him be anywhere in the lineup. I could see him play up and down the lineup. He could be, 50 to 60 point Bobby Brink. He could be 30 to four point and play really effective defense. Cause like his first year playing at the world junior for the U S he was very, very good offensively in an offensive role. His second year, they put him on that third line and they shut down opposing teams. So Bobby Brink, I think would be um, maybe not untouchable, but I don't think they would trade him in a retool effort. I think one of the, uh, the CHL prospects like wisdom uh, or day Noe would be more on the table in my eyes. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think they're going to move Brink. It's just one of these things, you know, people have high expectations for him, at least, you know, around here, because we watch our own prospects more closely. And, you know, we sometimes get a little over attached to our prospects, as we see with the current product. They don't always work out the way we want them to. And considering how few assets the Flyers have, it's just I wonder how on the table he is. I I would think it would have to be as part of a package in a huge deal to move him, but just something I'm thinking about these last, uh, these last couple weeks of the season. And um, people were suggesting, Oh, they could trade the 2023 first. I think that'd be incredibly stupid because I mean, yes, you could lottery protect the top 10, protect it, but like the 2023 draft, the, the first 15 to 20 players are way better than a lot of other classes. So why would Fletcher, especially if he's going to be here next year, trade that like, trade a pick like further down the line when Fletcher's likely not going to be here. And then if like you're bad, um, then, well, then you're screwed regardless. Yeah. And I think that's a lot like what that Florida pick and the Giroux trade was about. Like I expect everything, but I, I expect everything, but this year's first round pick to be on the table. Now I don't think they're going to trade 10 draft picks this summer, but like, it really, I guess you said if Fletcher's going to be here, I guess it depends on how safe his job is. Because if he feels, I think it's completely safe, but if he feels as if he's on a hot seat and a draft pick one or two or three years from now, it, it you know doesn't help him because he's going to get fired if they're no good, then that thing is out of here. Would you prefer the team – be like make progress but still not be good next year as opposed to like picking 14th and like barely miss i'm so it's next season is so far away at this point like my mind is on april 29th just getting through this goddamn thing like i want them to be better i want to watch a good team uh like you know if i was running the thing i would look at it and go shit man we need to rebuild it's we don't have enough in the cupboard we have to start over but since that's not what they're gonna do uh man i i kind of i hope they slide down that railing drunk and land on their feet and really stick this off season and it, we're they're gonna have to make some hard choices to do that so uh, i'm i'm very torn on like how exactly next year like 
best case scenario, it's 2008 and they're in a final four next year. You know, like hopefully it all works out that way, but I don't I don't even know what success next year looks like. They could be a very good defensive team next year if they have a better coach and like a system that structures that way. They could be much better defensively, the forwards better defensively, the defensemen obviously, but they could still be bad because they're not scoring enough. I could see that. I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was a uh, it was a fun time at the game and like what it wasn't an incredibly exciting game, but it turned into the Flyers playing chess better than the Blue Jackets did in the second half of the game. Yeah, and I, and that's, and I called I called the Robinson goal, like you said on Twitter. You absolutely did. Me and Harris were talking last night. Thanks a lot, Harris. And uh, he told me he was going to the game, and he called the uh, he said a Robinson breakaway goal tomorrow. So he absolutely called that one. Shout out Eric Robinson, uh, Holly Dell alum, Eric Robinson. Dude's jerseys up in uh, my hometown rank, so always happy to see him succeed. Which one of these guys? I wish one of these South Jersey players. Like I want Goudreau, but goddamn, I just wish one of these guys who played their the majority of their youth hockey, you know, 15 minutes from the Wells Fargo Center, uh, would end up with the Philadelphia Flyers. But so far that hasn't been the case. Maybe they can change that with Johnny this off season. Uh, let's see. I believe Warren was next. Warren, you're live. Hey, Bill. Good game tonight. I, you know, I've been hearing a little bit uh, today. It's starting to come out a little bit about Ryan Ellis, and this, there's some kind of uh, difference of an opinion on how to handle his medical situation with the Flyers. Have you heard anything about that? You know, I haven't heard anything about, like, there's some sort of difference of opinion specifically, but when they had the uh, the press conference a few weeks ago, and they said they still haven't decided if he's going to need surgery, if he's going to rehab it. There hadn't, there really wasn't a plan yet. And well, man, if that's the case, he's been hurt since he got here. You know, like how have you not developed a plan yet? It seems like I don't want to call it the Jack Eichel situation. Jack Eichel was dealing with a neck situation that got very contentious with the Sabers. But goddamn, it it can't be good, right? No, I mean I. From I was going back and forth with Russ Cohen on, on Twitter, and also I heard a, a podcast today, uh, Martitis and uh, San Filippo. I heard the same thing from two different sources there. So you may want to look into that because it doesn't sound like he he may not be back next year. I mean, his whole retool is based on him being on the team, and you know, there's if he doesn't want to be here, he can't even show up for a picture. You know, for the team picture. I mean, yeah, the team know, picture pretty thing pathetic. It's pretty pathetic. So, yeah, and we'll see how it plays out. Like, it could all just be much ado about nothing and yeah. they're just treating it. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, when it comes we'll to the Flyers. It, when it comes, when it comes to, the to the Flyers, they're never boring. Like, and it's not like there hasn't been, and, you know, this was 20 years ago, but it's not like there's never been uh controversy with the medical staff and how to treat things. I mean, shit, the Lindros situation, and we heard rumblings about how Patrick was treated. Some of it's uh, turned out to be just absolute bullshit, but still, it's... Uh, that makes sense because everything has been, like, kept quiet, and that, that totally yeah. makes... I, and I did one last thing. Tippett and uh, Noah Cates are very impressed with the, their play. Uh, they're start even getting some production from them, so uh, that's good to see. Yeah, Cates looks like on a team that is full of guys who we've been like, oh, you know what, they're not stars, but you put them in a bottom six and they could be effective. Cates looks like one of these guys who could actually fill that role on a good team, like not just taking up a roster spot, but actually might be productive in like a, a you know, a fourth or maybe even a third line role. So I'm, I'm very excited with what I see about Noah Cates just in terms of, you know, you're going to need pieces too. They need high-end talent, but there's holes all throughout this roster. Like they had to go and get a Patrick Brown off waivers. They had to re-sign a fucking Nate Thompson. If you can find those guys from within like Noah Cates, that could be huge for this team too. Yeah. All right. Good to talk to you. Thanks. All right. Take it easy, Warren. Thanks a lot. Uh, let's go to Nikki Hall. Nikki, you're up. Hey, Bill. How's it going? How are you tonight, Nikki? I'm doing all right. Oh, oh yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm watching the Hurricanes game. They can uh, win with a – they can clinch. Just scored a goal. I saw um, the Hurricanes were losing at one point. What was up with that? 
I don't know what was going on, but they stormed back. So oh, good. They're much. Whenever there's whenever there's a huge upset, I just get real mad at myself for not betting on it because mm-hmm. there've been a bunch lately. Uh, and now, okay, I'm very happy to hear that the Hurricanes aren't going to blow it. Yeah, they just scored it. There's like eight. There's like eight minutes and thirty some seconds left in the third, but they just took the lead. They tied it. Uh, I think when when uh, what's his face was on when the last caller was on, they tied it then and then. Okay. There's like eight twenty left right now. As I got on, that's when they scored the the uh, go ahead goal. But yeah, tonight Flyers. Let's get to that. Um. Yeah, no, I'm start. I'm starting. Start, I'm really starting to like what I'm seeing out of Noah Cates. Um, he kind of seems like an underrated guy. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, uh, like like I just said, it's we've had so many players come through this system who've been like, okay, we're not gonna play them in a top six, but you know they could be a real useful piece in that third or fourth line. And if one of them, like, if Cates is actually an awesome fourth liner, that would be something else. Oh, it would be. Um, as far as the Bobby Brinks, or Bobby Brink, rather, I honestly don't see him necessarily being an untouchable. I would personally want to see how he does for us when he's, you know, when we feel he's ready to get that call up. And obvious if, obviously, if it's not another Nolan Patrick or Sam Moore in situation, we should be, I feel like that could possibly increase his value. Should we not tend to keep him with us? But I don't see how that would make sense if we're trying to see what kind of potential he has to begin with. So like you said, I don't see him a superstar player, but I can definitely see him have a, have a solid role within the coming seasons. When that and like, I don't want to make the comparison because it's ridiculous to begin with, but how many people looked at Claude Giroux and were like, oh, yeah, superstar, going to be the franchise, going to be the franchise guy. Like, I don't think that was on the table at this point in his career either. So, like, you know, I, we'll see. I hope to find out what Bobby Brink is because we were kind of sold on that draft. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we didn't get Cole Caulfield, but – we got something comparable plus Cam York, like in the first round. So mm-hmm. it's like those two guys together were supposed to equal more than a call field. And I, I just, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it plays out. I hope they hold on to him. I hope to see him reach his potential uh, with the Flyers. I'm just kind of, uh, they don't have many pieces and they don't have much cap space either. They're going to have to bring in this high-end talent they so badly covet somehow. Well, I mean, even how I've seen someone in the comments was saying that Frost could be in a package deal, Morgan Morgan Frost. And, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, Morgan Frost could be in a package deal all he wants. What's his value? Is it greater than zero? Like, who? what What good is Morgan Frost? We have Noah Cates coming out of nowhere and producing more than no, Morgan Frost has all season. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to just – take whatever guys that are actually producing for us and be like, Oh yeah, by the way, you're in a trade package. See ya. It's like, we, it's like, this is literally, it's been a rinse and repeat cycle. And it just amazes me how people are like, Oh wow, they're doing, they're doing great. Or these players are doing great. And then they're like, all of a sudden they have a bad streak or they have a bad week or bad month or whatever. Like, Oh my God, they suck. Trade them, get rid of them, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, they get traded and they're putting up better numbers elsewhere. And, then some people are like, what the hell? Why were they doing this here? Why They're not getting any slumps. It's like, y'all are so quick. You have these high, it's not even so, it's, certain people have these high expectations that these young guys are going to come out and explode. Like talent, like high-end talent is not going to develop overnight. I hate to say it, but. No, know. like you either draft guys who are already stars or they have to come along, and Kelly makes a great point about Noah Cates' production. Uh, mm-hmm. Morgan Frost did have those goals right away when he came up too. Everyone is mentioning the uh, yeah. James Minger says in the in the comments that backhander on Bob Bobrovsky, like my God, when he walked that puck in along the goal line and went top shelf backhand against Bob. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that? I think Frost's first game. I just oh, yeah. thought we have something special here. So of course, you know, guys come in and right away they're excited to be in the NHL. They want to prove something, mm-hmm. and lots of times they level off. But uh, I don't know. I think the kind of player Cates is, the production could be extra, and hopefully, right. like he brings that uh, 
that sort of energy, that good forechecking. Uh, like he, he, he to me he looks like a fast Limblom, like a guy who's just in the right spot and wins battles. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, yeah, and as far as the Ella situation, I mean, if I'm going to be 100% honest, we need we need to go out and find another defenseman if we can't get a clarification on whether or not Ellis is playing with us because this is low key feeling like a Chris Pronger situation when he got injured on and off between the, what was it? 2009, 2000. I don't, I don't know how many seasons it was ago. But it was like, the 10 11 season. He was hurt on and off. I think he only played 50 games that year. He had the wrist injury. Then of course yeah. the following year he is the eye injury that ends his career. And yeah, I, I think they need, I am of the belief they need another top pair defenseman, whether Ellis is going to play or not, because I don't see another top pair defenseman on this roster. Sanheim is having a good year. Does he look like an anchor on a 24-minute-a-night guy? No. no. Ivan Provorov, we know he can play the minutes, but what happens when Ellis gets hurt again? All of a sudden, Ivan Provorov is no longer a top-pair defenseman again. So, like, you know, we know Ristolainen can't do it. He played those minutes in Buffalo and was a disaster. Cam yeah. York, I don't know, he looks okay. He's not like he looks special. I think they need another defenseman whether Ellis plays or not. Yeah, that's true. But in, in the same time, it's just, you know, I want to see more of Ellis, but like if we're going to be dealing with some type of injury situation every season, it's like, I don't know how I'm go how this is going to factor in. Like we need to start really thinking ahead. Like I'm not expecting a top pair defenseman within the next couple of years. If one establishes, then great. But it's very unlikely that that is the case. Like I with York, and the defenseman we do have, it's possible. You know, do I see Sandheim being a top defenseman? No, his play is improved as a late. Provorov, probably the lesser end of the two. I, I, he could be dealt in a package deal for all we know. Uh, I, I'm really uncertain what direction this team is going to take as far as that's all concerned. Oh, I, and thanks a lot, Nikki. I think everyone's just feeling uncertain about this thing right now because – we see, we've seen all along, they have pieces we like, and it looks like Kelly wants to join us, so I'm going to bring her in. Uh, but it looks like they have pieces we like, but they don't have a nucleus. What's going on tonight, Kelly? I just, okay, so the only place on earth that I get information on anything is Twitter. And so being off Twitter, I'm essentially <laughs> living inside of a, a dark bubble. Our are you all, all of you people listening to this, are all of you suggesting that Ryan Ellis no longer wants to be a flyer because he didn't go to the team photo day? Is that, is that what's happening here? Is that what we're doing? That's, I didn't hear that, but I notoriously don't pay attention to anything. Uh, so <laughs> like, I are find we out, all this bored? <laughs> what's happening? I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if it's that. I do think like that has nothing to do with what I'm thinking about his status right now. Uh, my whole thing with him gets back to however long ago they said they didn't know if they were going to do surgery or rehab or whatever. It yeah. seemed as if perhaps there was some sort of disagreement on how to treat the injury. And simply because of the Eichel situation, that brings to your mind like, oh, so because, you know, because teams for how, first of all, Sidebar, how the fuck is it in the collective bargaining agreement that teams get to make the final decision on how players will treat injuries? I mean, do we need that to is, get into the union? Uh, I mean, uh, they don't, Kelly, the players don't have a union. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you or I, you or I would be far better labor leaders than whoever <laughs> is the head of the fucking players association. It's just like, yeah, Jack Eichel has a spinal injury and the Buffalo Sabres want to do something different than he does. The Buffalo Sabres uh, get to make the final call. Like he has to sit out and demand a trade if he wants to treat it the way he wants to. So yeah. like it's all it's all asinine. But just because that situation's kind of like in the front of our minds because it just happened, the idea that they came out and were like, yeah, we still don't know what's going on, how we're going to treat Ryan Ellis, like that kind of set off a, a mini alarm. I feel like everyone is speculating themselves into a yes. tizzy over oh, it's nothing. Pure speculation. I uh, I need everyone to calm down about this in particular. 
Uh, Kelly, the team's got 23 wins. No one's going to calm down anytime soon. I mean, perhaps Ryan Ellis wasn't in the team picture because he had to poop. Like, or maybe he didn't feel good. Maybe he had to go to the doctor. Maybe, does he have kids? Maybe his kid was pooping. Like, who knows what's going on? It's a picture. It's not that serious. Oh, my God. We're three points up on the Devils. How did this happen, Kelly? They keep winning, Bill. They need to stop this. (laughs) It's a little, uh. I mean, the Devils still have more wins. It's that the Flyers have 11 overtime losses and the Devils have six. That's really what's killing them at this point. Yeah, it's the the loser point. They're still they're still bottom five, which is fine. It's just it's it, this is this is infuriating. Jesus Christ, they need to lose the I next eleven at, in a row. The the rest of the schedule frightens me. It looks like they could win eight of those. They have like back to backs with fucking Buffalo. Like yeah, they finish the, the season with Ottawa and Ottawa. Perhaps. They're only they're only yeah. one point behind Ottawa right now. Like they're gonna they're gonna draft like ninth. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to hang out? Kelly? want to talk? Yeah, I can hang out, but I don't want to. Right. I don't want to monopolize. The oh well, you're in luck because we have the 45th <laughs> president of the United States on the line. Oh Mr. boy, Donald, Mr. Donald Trump is joining us. This is wonderful. What's up, hey. Don? Hey guys, how you doing? What's you don't on? sound like Donald Trump, no. sir. <laughs> no, it's 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 me. I, I swear. All right, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I'm just. You know, I, I don't understand the the whole Ryan Ellis confusion thing. I know we were just talking about that, but I heard that he was literally at just like a, a medical like evaluation yesterday. So I think we can all probably just relax with Ryan Ellis. Yeah, like the guy and I have no idea. Maybe he fucking wants to murder Chuck Fletcher. I don't <laughs> know. But like, yeah, oh, he's man. got some he's got some injury that we don't know what it is. There's a good chance he was at the doctor. Yeah, I I mean even if he wasn't, like it's just one photo. Like we, we let's just give it some time before we all. And freak he's out. not actually on the team. He played four games. Like yeah, you know. But you know they waved. You know, they they waved Myers and Patrick as Patrick. So it was a nothing for nothing trade at this point. Yeah, at this point they literally just waved two guys who aren't NHL players. Yeah, I mean as long as they get rid of you know JVR in the off season, clear that cap. It's a pretty much a wash. That's uh, this whole off season. It's going to come down to how they can figure out how to get rid of JVR. Like, if they can trick someone into taking that whole $7 million, they can have a successful offseason. I know that what Phoenix only has, or I guess Arizona, only has like five guys on the roster for next year. So, you know, pick on that. Arizona is the obvious place because they're nowhere yeah. near the floor and they don't have any contracts. Like, yeah. And God damn it, they owe us for Gostas Bear in that second round. They thing. sure do. Like they, I hope, I honestly, is that, is the ideal trade JVR to Arizona for that second round pick back? I think that Fletcher will probably, because he's Chuck Fletcher, so he'll send more than a for second round Throw pick. Throw in another are. second round yeah. pick. He'll, he'll give them that first round pick that they got for Giroux or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably. There's a good yep. chance that happens. But that's all I got for today. Uh, I'll see you guys later. Have a good night. Thanks. Thanks a lot, President Donald. Donald Trump. Thanks for joining us, Mr. <laughs> President. I, Kelly, I was like, do I do I say his name? Do I go to him? Because <laughs> I, I just assumed, I assumed it was someone who was going to be a troll. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just like, this is going to be someone we don't want to hear from. And uh, it was fine. It was a it was it was a fine call. I was just like, what if I just call him Don? Uh, Patrick from Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> what a time. Uh, if, if there was ever a reason to believe we were in a simulation, it's now. <laughs> uh, Patrick Reed Miller. Patrick, you're live. Hey, hey, Bill. Hey, Kelly. How you doing? What's going on, Pat? Uh, Patrick, you know. Well. But uh, I guess what I want to say is what Charlie mentioned on the episode today, which was good as always. Like, I guess Owen Tippett is tapping into that scoring potential, and it's kind of getting me excited a little bit, but we'll see how the rest of his season goes. He's got – and, like, there is a thing, like, eventually pucks were going to go in. The guy gets so many chances, and, you know, a lot of this season is completely meaningless. Like, I keep saying that we're in a tree-fall-in-the-woods situation. Like, how much are we actually going to take out of these exhibition games that they're playing? But he just seems to have every tool you would want. He's fast and he's got good hands and he seems to have good sense and he's got a very hard shot and he's not afraid to use it. 
if it just starts going in, he could be a very, very good player. Yeah, maybe the, uh, the change of scenery thing will work out. You know, so many guys have needed a change of scenery from the Flyers. What if he just didn't like fucking Florida? You know, what if we're actually a destination where the change of scenery works for a guy? I uh, can only dream. Hey, you know um, you know who the coach of uh, Denver's Bobby Brink's team is, right? It's Matt Carl's brother, right? I, I found that brother. out today, and I was like, you know what? I want him to be our coach, jokingly, <laughs> because, like, why not? I learned like, it that from Hill on the show yesterday. Matt Carl's. I, was, I cackled when yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't even actually know his first name. I just saw I that someone like, was talking. I just saw it. It's like um, Dave or Jeff like, or something. Yep, something. But I laughed. I'm like, there's no way. But it's yeah, I, I saw that and was like, that on the on yesterday's episode, I was like, I have to bring up as a potential candidate just for the simple fact that it's Matt Carl's brother. Matt Carl's brother is a coaching candidate. Yeah, and I guess lastly, with the whole Ryan Ellis thing, I'm not even going to throw out conspiracy theories at this point. Like, maybe he had a doctor's appointment on his injury or something. I think he'll be fine. I, I, like, it's a team it's, photo. So what? Something maybe gets, came up. It just gets back to the idea of we have so many tangible things to be worried about. Like, as of right now, this team does not have a first line or a first pair defense. I can't be worried. Like, is he in some sort of like a feud with the front office? Maybe he fucking is. But like my concern right now is they have a total lack of good players and a front office who doesn't seem to know what they're doing. So I can't get mad about like other shit because I'm plenty mad about this. Yeah, like I would be more worried about how Chuck Fletcher's going to pull off the supposed yeah. retool, if anything, like, guys. Like, like, what happens when we give Nazem Kadri eleven million dollars? Like, I'm far oh, more worried about that. That would 11. be some shit. It went up. Yeah, I, 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 I just, yesterday. I just pushed it up like a mil and a half, two mil. You know, <laughs> fuck it. Kelly, uh, you got to think his price right now is nine. What happens when he wins like the Conn Smythe? I was going to say, like, every what, yeah, every five points on the rest of the season <laughs> is another million on the overpriced contract. So. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got, guys. Thanks, as always, bro. Right. Thanks a lot, Patrick. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's – like, Nazem Kadri would have been an awesome player on this team five years ago. Like, that would have been the I would have that died. Guy, that guy Nazem right Kadri. now – that guy right now on the teams that we were watching a few years ago, shit, that guy right now on the first year of AV would have been an amazing fucking addition. But uh, you just know they yeah, hard to play against. Oh, he's so hard to play against. They got to kick him out of game seven so he can't kill anybody. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I uh, wanted Nazem Kadri the summer that he signed with the Avalanche. Like, that's when we should have gotten him. Now it's Probably. too late. So we're just going to do like we do with everybody else and just get them on the tail end of their career when they're terrible. Here we go. Or maybe he's Danny Briere and he's ageless. He's the ageless wonder. Oh, Who yeah. knows? Uh, 69, 60, you're live. Nice. Hey, Bill. Hey, Kelly. Uh, thanks for uh, doing these coach games again, Bill. It's the only reason why I watch the Flyers at this point. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I actually figured out why the uh, – Flyers actually won tonight. It's because I bet on the Columbus Blue Jackets. They do that. They do that from time to time. I had two bets I wanted to make. I made one. I bet Cam Atkinson to score. I wanted to bet Eric Robinson to score. And I was like, no. Like, what are the chances? And, of course, it goes the other way. Of course. Um, Actually, it's kind of convenient that both of you guys are on this. Uh, I listened to this week's Broad Street Hockey Radio uh, episode. Also, last week's, the second half, was absolutely amazing. I love when you guys go off on tangents and whatnot. But uh, I need to have, I need to like exercise this take about the whole Keith Yandel thing. I don't know why people aren't taking this more as like a personal fuck you from the Flyers. I'm not like, trust me, I am not a Keith Yandel fan. But the fact that we had to fucking watch this guy play hockey all fucking season <laughs> and you guys wanted to fucking bench him and agree with the fans when the fucking playoffs are completely out of sight, I'm taking this as a personal puck, fuck you from Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo. Yeah, yeah. I, 
like the reason, the only reason to keep him in at this point is losses or wins. Like looking at what he's done with 10 to 12 minutes of ice time. Imagine if they gave him 17, 18 a night, like this team would be picking first. And now you scratch it like that. That annoys me to no end. Don't don't get it to it. Like that's stupid that now we decide is the time. But also like he stinks and good. The record's meaningless. Exactly. Um, also, if, I mean, considering like, I guess Chuck Fletcher is going to land that uh, slide down the railing and go across the ice and whatnot this offseason. Um, <laughs> Moonwalk it. Fuck it. <laughs> honestly, it would be more – it would actually – like, I don't get me wrong. I would love to see Johnny Gaudreau come back. But, like, I don't think – I don't even think if you put, like, Gretzky in his prime or McDavid in his prime on this on this team that they even get to the playoffs next year. Well, they to have be so fair, many, they have McDavid, so many issues. <laughs> McDavid drags the Oilers to the playoffs. Kind of. They have McDavid like, and Dreisaitl and really a better it. roster, and they're barely getting to the playoffs. Yeah, like where are they right now? Um, I just have the standings in front of me. They're second in the Pacific, which is garbage. And, yeah. like, yeah, like, because there's no other teams in the Pacific. The Kings are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the Kings are 10 points up on Vancouver. Like, that's in – oh, there's Vegas down there, 82. Still, like, Vegas is a point out of the – the West is so bad. Like, it's so uh, bad. The one of, one of the two division winners out West has a great chance to win the Stanley Cup. One, because they're both elite teams, and two, because they don't have to play anybody until they meet each other. They have two bye rounds until the Western Conference Final. Also, Vegas had, like, nine, ten significant injuries this year. Oh, yeah, Vegas is just, like, yeah, and, you know, their goaltending, they got by with a lot of great goaltending, and suddenly, without flurry, Laner isn't what he was. They had a bunch of injuries. They tried to finagle the salary cap. It didn't work. It was just, one. it was just, like, a kind of a a bad luck year for Vegas. They're better than they look right now, but yeah, there's two elite teams out West and it is, it will be interesting. Like I believe with healthy and it all like if Couturier is healthy and back to Couturier from two years ago, they have a first line. If they bring in a Goudreau level player, of course, like a Goudreau mm-hmm. level player is literally an MVP candidate. Like that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. That's Guys all we need. Yeah, all we need. All we need is one. All we need is a top ten forward in the NHL, and we have a first yeah, what's line. The big deal? You know? <laughs> also, I just wanted to ask you guys as well. From your standpoint, uh, would you rather see the Flyers just like completely make it back to the playoffs and then I guess like win a round or two? Or would you like to see next season be an absolutely like dumpster fire again? And uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for uh, doing these again. Thanks, Thanks. 60. 69. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, I'll throw that to you first. Like, we've just suffered so much. That's the thing. Like, like, if there was a plan, if the plan was to be bad and rebuild, yes, sure, I'll yes. deal with it. Because, you know, we've been dealing with it the whole time we've known each other, you know? <laughs> but, like, God, if they're going to go for it, I really don't want it to fail. That's the thing. Like, at this point, I have to root for them yeah. To to succeed at this. Like I have to root for them to do it because they're going to try to do it. And if they do fail at it, like while falling ass backwards into a high pick in the twenty-three draft would be very good, if they fall ass backwards into it, I'm not sure that I trust that the people at the helm of it will even be able to get anything good out of that because they don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I'm just I don't want to be like in a home when the Flyers win the Stanley Cup. Like, I want to be able to, like, you know, be out in the street dancing. I don't want to be – like, it's – we're getting down to the line. Like, yeah, like, I want to participate in the anarchy. I remember yes. – um, I remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and some of our, at the time, uh, co-workers were out there, uh, BLG and John Barchard, and they were, like, out on the street. Uh, recording people's reactions oh. and the party and just like, man, if the highlight of us doing this together are the fucking Nolan Patrick chance uh, at, at Smith's for the 2017 draft, 
then man, I'm going to be real sad. I think all the time about how good our podcast would be if the, if the flyers were good. Like we've never, yeah, like, ever, not once. We yes. had the, the three weeks before COVID. It was like the only <laughs> that time. That was it. Oh man. The, and like, just like, there's, there's almost 50 people. There's 50 people in here right now listening to us. Thousands are going to listen to this in the morning. The team is completely irrelevant in the landscape of one, the league and two Philadelphia sports. Like, <sighs> what if, what if they were rel- like, it would just be so good. But you know what I, sometimes our I options, talk- our options yeah. are like, oh, what if they're horrible? What if they're good? And like get to an Easter conference final. The most likely outcome is back to where they were. And that's almost just as bad. Sometimes I talk myself into believing that it can like that those those few weeks before covid were real couldn't couldn't have been just luck like was it some luck sure but it couldn't have been just that and part of me thinks that like there has to be something that can make the players that were good during that chunk of time remember that they can be good again and then you know just a few pieces you know like a an mvp caliber winger whatever um like you get you know a couple of pieces like that and then you know maybe they will be good because we do finally have the goaltender right like we have the goaltender and that was the biggest like that was the yes that was that was it like sean couturier won the selkie and matt niskanen for some reason was a first pair defenseman with ivan Provorov. whatever whatever happened there happened cool uh but like it wasn't just Giroux, Giroux and Voracek dragging them. Like, we've no. seen that. We've seen that. We know what it looks like. Like, Giroux goes, oh, hey, Ghost and Jake, come with me. We're going to take a bad team to the playoffs. That's not what they were then. But literally, it was January to March 11th. I know. So It wasn't I, that long, I, but I sometimes I squint my eyes and I think, like, maybe – Maybe it can happen. And at this point, like, that's the only thing that I can hope for because that's what they're going to try to do. Uh, Steve P. Steve, you're live on the post game. Hi, Steve. Steve. Steve Prudente. All right. Oh, Oh, there he is. is. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, You're good. I just got back, actually, from the game. I was in the arena tonight. Um. So I just wanted to say it was uh, really cool to see the Cam Atkinson tribute video on the screen. Um, that was kind of a unique experience I've never experienced before as a Flyers fan, seeing a tribute video for another player that's currently on the Flyers in their former home stadium. Um, it was also really refreshing to see that there are this many sickos like me still going to see this team because I don't know if you guys can see on the broadcast, but the arena was probably a quarter of the way full with uh, Flyers fans. There um, seemed to be a lot there. I know, I know Harris was there tonight and obviously he's a Flyers fan. You were there, but on T on the broadcast, like it, it seemed like there was some orange in the crowd. There was a fair amount and it was, um, I don't know if that makes me uh, a bad person because I'm supporting this. Team. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, all I wanted to, was thank you guys so much for doing what you guys do. I uh, listen to you guys all the time, and it helps me feel like I'm still connected with the team, even though I'm away. Yay. Thanks a lot, Steve. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out uh, and listening to us. I'm sorry that we keep you connected to this fucking franchise. You'd probably be better off mentally uh, if you disconnected, but, you know, if any of us could do it, we would. Because what have they ever given us? Uh, we have a couple repeats, and then we will uh, wrap it up, Kelly. And I want to thank you for hanging out. I know it's past your bedtime, Henkel. Uh, let's go to it. Harris. <laughs> let's go to Harris Barnes. Is back, Harris. What's up? Um, <clears throat> hey, Bill. Hey, Kelly. How are you guys? Kelly. Hello, Harris. Uh, I was going to say. So I looked at cap friendly, and the Flyers obviously don't have their 2022 second, and that's from the yep. Gossip Spare cap dump, and they don't have their 2023 second, and that's from the Ristolainen trade. Uh, <sighs> if they're going to reacquire seconds, plural, 
Um, what trade is that in? Is that in a Lindblom trade? Is that in a Frost trade? Ugh. Sanheim, um, Provorov. I, I'm just throwing out names. What like how do you recoup picks at the draft or before we get to the draft? Mm. Now, outside of like trying to get anything in exchange for JVR. I just don't foresee a world in which they're worried about recouping draft yeah. picks. Like I, I just think they want NHL talent right now and they're not worried about it. Like, okay. I, I think the Hextall era left a sour taste in their mouth in terms of the idea of uh, accumulating assets. And they, they look at them as cash. Like mm-hmm. draft picks are cash on hand to be able to go buy something you want. Yeah, that makes sense. And to be like Fletcher, obviously he's going for um, to make things better now. And you can look at his drafts when he's um, been the GM, and they haven't been bad. I mean, they the, haven't been bad. The 2021 draft, uh, it's kind of early. I like the Kolozov pick, the Belarusian goalie. Uh, he played against men um, in his 17 year old season. Um, the 2020 draft looks really good with Forster, Andre, Wisdom, Danaway, and McLennan. So, like, maybe you, you don't even need to recoup that, and you just go in and, like you said, Bill, you're just using what you have in the pool um, to get and on the roster to get um, more developed players. You just you can't make wrist aligning trades. Like, yeah, like well, they can't. They literally can't trade their. 23 first because if the team is shit next year like they need that pick that's as much as i think they're like all in they have to hedge a little like that's the one they have to keep these these next two firsts like i think that florida pick is is the hedge they can give something up in terms of that 23 draft Mm -hmm. but like Ah, you gotta hold on to these first. They has to be some sort of hedge. Because that Florida picks in twenty four, and Florida is still probably. Oh, the first is in twenty four. Yeah, the first is in twenty four. So and, and Florida is yeah. still probably going to be good. So that's like a pick between twenty and thirty two. So you can still get a good player with that, and it's not like the Flyers like are thinking about who's in the twenty twenty four draft. We right could all now, be dead so. by then. Here. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's definitely on the table. But yeah, I was just wondering. Um, what you guys think. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to talk to both of you about it. I'm excited for the draft party. Hopefully meet you guys. Hopefully Absolutely we have Harris. a draft party. We better have Yeah, a that's draft uh, party. after after the lottery, like, because uh, today is, the, the draft is July 7th, I believe. So today is three months, and we never start planning these things three months ahead of time. But after the draft lottery, uh, I, I think, you know, once we know what pick we have and everything, we got to start planning that for yeah. real, because... It's our first – this is going to be our first post-COVID, everyone vaxxed. Uh, we can have a good crowd again. There's not going to be any mandates. There's not going to be any bullshit sort of uh, – they're not going to trade the first the day of the draft for Rasmus or Stelheinen. Uh, <laughs> like, literally, exactly. my only my only thought when that happened was, well, no one's coming. No one's coming. Yeah, that's <laughs> no literally what I thought. It was like yeah. two hours before the party. I was like, well, fuck, yeah. no one's coming. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to go to Nikki Hall one more time, and then we'll wrap it up. Nikki, what's up? Yeah, not much. Uh, the Carolina kids clinched, so I'm happy for them. Good for them. Yay. <laughs> yes. Dr. Rod the bot. <laughs> um, hoping they win the cup. Um, but, yeah, now, as far as this team goes, yeah, I, I can't um, – yeah. I'm trying to think, who who even is a free agent after this year? Besides, obviously, Gandal and... Um, On the Flyers? Yes. Uh, Yandel. Martin Sealer. Jones, Yandel. I believe Sealer, Sealer. right? Yeah. I, I knew it at one point when they were trading everyone, but they got rid of most of those guys. I think that Drew, it might Broussard, just be them. Braun. Um, I, think, I think McEwen is a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few restricteds, but there's not a ton of guys leaving. That's interesting. Yeah, Nate Thompson, of course, who's still on the team. Thanks a lot, Warren. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... Oh, I always forget he exists. <laughs> you and me both, Kelly. <laughs> I see him out there, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, I just did this two Nate shifts Thompson, ago. <laughs> Keith oh, Kevin Connaughton. Also, I oh, forget yeah, he exists. Okay. Oh, Ashby Trophy Jones. winner Kevin Connaughton. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we know Yan. I know Yandel. Yandel was only here for like a year anyway, and I doubt mm-hmm. he comes back. I sure as I'll hope Fletcher doesn't bring him back because <laughs> they no, can't. it's not gonna happen. They ended the streak. It's over. No, He's gonna be the head coach. I'm telling you. It, that's assuming Arizona doesn't kill, it doesn't talk to him first because I know he's going to go with Arizona before he goes with us. Too beefy. possible. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how free agency kind of or how free agency does go. You know, as far as re, this whole retool. Like, I don't know if I don't necessarily see Jones as like the backup to Hart, or if we're just gonna you know, see if anyone's in the farm system as far as the goalies go, if we bring that up for like a year before we like it's like as of right now we have our starting goaltender and that's good, but we do need a backup for Hart. And I don't know if it's necessarily gonna be Jones or who it's gonna I be. I think it but... needs to be Ivan Fedotov. Yeah, Martin Jones has to go. They need to roll out Ivan Fedotov next year. They kind of need it to be someone who is Super cheap. Super cheap. Yeah, because they're yeah, not they going to have any money. They need an entry level. Like, it's got to be like Felix Sandstrom or Ivan Fedotov. Like, right. It, it, it can't – you can't go out and spend money on a goalie when you have what you believe to be – and thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, you can't go out and spend mo- money on a backup goalie when you have what you believe to be your franchise goaltender and holes in literally every other spot in the lineup. Like, no. <laughs> maybe you have a 1 and 2 C – and that's it. Like you have, you have nothing else on this team other than your goalie. Like your goalie has to cost you seven hundred and fifty thousand next year. Mhm. All right. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. We almost did an hour tonight, Kelly. So thanks a lot. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it as always. I know the people get a uh, get a real thrill out of being able to talk to the both of us because we're you know celebrities uh (laughs) (laughs) thanks bill so thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out and if you haven't already you got to hit that subscribe button just search broad street hockey wherever there are podcasts and boom content 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 all right uh i got some beers to drink i got some wrestling to watch so let's root for 11 straight losses they won tonight but hopefully it's uh the 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 death rattle the uh the final you know at the end of scream where it's like he comes up for that last scare and then sydney shoots billy right in the head and then it's over uh so let's hope that's what tonight's win was and we can get into the uh make sure we get this top five pick all right my name is bill matz until next time have a great week everybody